0: Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin. My name is Matt Bruskin, and I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action in Wisconsin and welcome to a beautiful summer week here in the great state of Wisconsin, if not a little bit warm, but Robert, I know that is something you love and I'll start with you, Robert. I normally introduce Priscilla first, but since you love the heat, Robert, this is your week. Robert Craig, Executive Director, sweating to the oldies, loving the weather. Robert, good to have you this week.
1: Yeah, it's just the struggle of of not working inside all the time and getting outside enough. Uh, But, you know, wonderful to I don't know what's the top of the headlines now seems to be, you know, space alien visit. So there's a lot we can say about these United States in 2023.
0: Well, Robert, we'll. That We'll save that for your other podcast when you do your deep dive on the aliens, but Priscilla is chomping at the bit to be introduced. Priscilla Bord is with us. Priscilla is our movement politics director here at Citizen Action when she is not chasing aliens priscilla how are you
2: uh i am doing well you know it's hot union summer it's toasty toasty day um i'm i'm here i love you know the aliens i love watching all the orcas as well i'll join robert's alien podcast and create my own uh orca rising podcast too
0: well Brian Wooldridge is taking notes because he'll have to produce this uh, alien podcast uh, that is going to be coming out later this year. But until that time, we have an obligation on this show to actually talk about politics, that we have a little bit better, firmer grip on facts or details, reality, um, and particularly here in the great state of Wisconsin. So um, I do want to preview uh Priscilla actually just did preview with her hot labor summer in the city. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about labor today because look, we've actually spent quite a bit of time talking about labor uh recently on the show. It's something that's critically important to us. We believe there is no real functioning progressive governing democracy without a strong, robust and growing labor movement. And this week we had big big news. Uh, Coming off uh, a week where we had additional people, uh, additional uh, Hollywood folks going out on strike, uh, uh, we now have a deal, a historic deal in the Teamster UPS uh, negotiation, which is, you know, It's been huge news. They were scheduled to go on strike August 1st, and it looks like we're going to have about 340,000 workers now getting significant raises. uh, Floor for part-time employees, $21 an hour. Priscilla, this is a brand new economy we're in uh, that is very different post-COVID. And this contract reflects some of that. It also reflects a new new leadership at the teamsters uh which puts it much in line with this new aggressive labor movement that is on the march. Priscilla your thoughts about this historic uh, deal between uh, UPS and the teamsters.
2: Yeah, uh shout out to the to the teamsters for holding it down um and really demonstrating that yeah, there is power in the union. There's power in people, you know, in in addition to um you know these these rate increases we're also seeing safety which is a huge thing um over the like i think about it a lot during the the summer especially this particular week it's hot and a lot of these ups trucks don't have adequate ventilation don't have air conditioning and we've seen reports of ups workers collapsing on the job and having heat strokes and so the fact that that's guaranteed that they're going to get air conditioning and ventilation in their trucks is is huge uh, good so point priscilla
0: 21 dollars yeah. an hour ain't shit if i'm dying in my
2: <laughs> right my it van. doesn't matter if the you're if struggles. you're struggling to breathe when you're on the job delivering your packages uh so yeah big big ups to the to the teamsters um but it's, like it, it just shows that all right like these executives are watching and are listening and i hope that uh you know these uh the writers executives and these actors executives see that yeah there things things are going to happen the people are going to hold out for what they need to do
0: yeah. and we're, we're going to talk more about the, what this broader implications of this robert your thoughts
1: so There's a lot of lessons we can learn, not only about the pathway to a to a much fairer economy and the worker, the agency of workers in it and the agency of us and giving them the right to form unions, uh, which has been largely taken away. uh, And we I could defend that. But seriously, folks, we don't really have a right to form a union in this country like we used to. And internationally, human rights monitors low uh, rank our union rights very low. Uh, but it's not different. We sometimes think of unions as some rarefied area, different than our world, right? Unions, when they're very effective, are, funct- are de- functioning democracies that get depth, that have a lot of member involvement and in agreement, and therefore they can take action against organized money, just like we're trying to do in organizing, it, community organizing. So Teamsters, which have been Influence and, and, and that new leadership is very progressive and not the old guard leadership they had under Jimmy Hoffer Jr. This is textbook, what they did. They organized the members all the way down to the shop floor, had a very strong consensus, and were willing to take huge risks for themselves and their families uh, have a, and have a strike but in so doing to exert tremendous economic pressure on UPS and force them to do the right thing because the Wall Street investors who decide who runs big Fortune 500 companies like UPS uh, require that they maximize profit. They have to be able to say we had no alternative but to give all of these tremendous gains. And this lesson applies to everything else. And it's what's lacking in democratic politics in Wisconsin. Governor Evers, did none of this in the budget process. And that's not just on him. It's on all of us to not push him to do it and hold him as a friend, as a coalition partner, accountable for that. So it, it, we have a lot of agency in this too. Teamsters are textbooks on how to save democracy and what the gains of doing it are for average people.
0: Yeah. And look, this is, this strikes super important because again, post COVID, there's a whole bunch of other strikes that are going on. Priscilla's referenced them and Priscilla, I'm going to come back to you to talk more about this, right. And how it relates to, this is a big pushback on corporate power, the CEO power. Priscilla talked about this lavish pay, the kind of profits that are being generated by a lot of these companies that have for generations not been trickling down and what we're seeing and what we've seen during covid and, and the the data on this is clear lower income service workers saw have been and, and saw a huge gain in, in in their income and we're also seeing along with this organizing being allied with that for good reason and so th- having a huge victory like this With the threat of a strike, and I want to talk about that because I think that's important, actually leveraging your power, and Robert, you mentioned this, you said democratically connecting with your membership, UPS folks for over the last year have been doing an amazing job of organizing actions. The fact that Priscilla and all of us know about those UPS trucks because they've done a great job of getting those stories out over the last year or two, and And in particular, in the last year, that's been a central part of the campaign to talk about that. That's smart, good organizing, because it's coming from what the membership's experiencing, right? Um, That's not a wage situation or benefit. That's a working condition that bubbles up through democracy. So, Priscilla, you mentioned the writers. There's a whole bunch of other folks. We're going to have a leader from True Stage former CUNY Mutual on later to talk about their their struggle that we've had on uh, at the insurance company but Priscilla to this broader issue right this is um this is a critical time to grow worker power but also to push back against the corporate power that has just been amassed in this economy and only grew larger during COVID.
2: Yeah um, I think you you hit the nail on the head when you're talking about this, this solidarity this cross union solidarity that like workers are people and deserve living wages and deserve to just be able to thrive and not have to figure out where their uh, next residual check for three cents uh, when that's gonna drop, and the, what they're gonna be able to do with with that, uh, so it's it's huge to see all of these workers taking their power back and be like, no, you can sit in your cozy little office and go on your big fancy yacht and make your billions of dollars and be openly okay with saying, yeah, we hope the writers and actors start losing their houses so they're forced to not strike anymore uh and the scabs that we're seeing rise up as as well um this this is the moment to keep taking back the power and show that solidarity that needs to be out there we're not all just in a vacuum what affects UPS affects all of us what affects the the actors that that's a real thing that people aren't making enough money uh so all of it is is it comes down to that that hot union summer that we are having that hot solidarity summer that uh needs to go beyond the summer
0: uh and we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to go back to robert get more thoughts on this hot union summer as priscilla calls it this union summer of solidarity uh Folks, you're listening to Citizen Action. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. Most importantly, you can find us in your community. We've got organizing co-ops throughout the state. Please check the link. Get involved. Democracy is a participatory sport. And it's important that you get in the game. Folks, we'll be right back. Battleground Wisconsin is supported by the good folks at WEAC Region 2, protecting the rights of education employees and promoting public education in the central Wisconsin area. Learn more at WEAC.org, W-E-A-C dot Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. Again, we're Citizen Action. You can find us at CitizenActionWI.org. So, org. So. It's it's been as uh, Priscilla's been saying uh, uh, a white hot union summer, Robert. So UPS. The other thing that's really super important beyond just the huge gains that were made in the contract is this is a company that ain't shrinking. This is a labor intensive job. It it's it's going to continue to be labor intensive, and there are other industries like that, and and it's critical that we continue to grow uh, union movement because there is no real future to progressive political power without a robust multiracial labor movement that needs to double, triple, quadruple in the next decade, Robert.
1: Yes. So part of uh, breaking unions has been decentralizing work, outsourcing it, send it to places that have highly non-unit environments. Tennessee, for example, has uh, passed a bill that's now being copied by ALEC, the right-wing conspiracy, uh, right-wing bill factory, uh, that uh, basically takes away all subsidies from a state if, uh, if an employer is neutral in an organizing drive. And of course, probably right-wing courts uh, will... Uh,
0: which which Robert is supposed to be the law,
1: right? So where there is a concentration of workers that has to be there, as you rightly point out and pounded out that that there's more monopoly opportunity there than workers that then jobs that can just be sent because of global trade agreements somewhere else or to you know the south uh, parts of the south that are inhospitable to labor, and so. Uh, we, then we take advantage. So the Teamsters are a playbook, and the Teamsters and UFCW has done a lot on this. They're trying to organize Amazon warehouses because they you can't move those. You need huge distribution centers uh, right here. And then obviously people like Eline, uh, Richard Eline, one of the main right wing funders, he has huge. You know, logistics center on the border near all the Amazon stuff near the Illinois, uh, Wisconsin border around uh, you know west of um, Kenosha, and so we need to focus on that. But we also, for a lot of workers, and we need to do what we can, like the very difficult store by store organizing in Starbucks, for example, and and some other coffee places such as Collectivo here in uh, in in, the, in Wisconsin. And so that all needs to happen, but there must be labor law reform because the fundamental right to a union has been taken away, and that will not happen when the filibuster is in place. So you remember that because President Biden's made a lot of progress, but he still won't come out for a filibuster. And somehow they think the filibuster will hold if they lose power. Believe you me, the Republicans, this version of the party will remove it as soon as it's to their benefit. You watch. It's only holding us back. It is will not hold them back uh, in the pinch.
0: Well, we're going to talk more about labor later in the show. We will be joined later in the show by a union leader from True Stage or Kuna Mutual, uh, however you want to uh, call it. Uh, to talk about a big rally that they're doing this Saturday in Madison uh, in support of their effort for a fair contract. And as Robert mentioned, they are struggling with contracting out, huge part of their issue. Uh, But before then, I want to talk about an article I saw this week in the journal Sentinel, And I wanted, and and the minute I read it, I was like, "Okay, we got to. I got. I got it. We got to talk about this." And it's the article's title is "A Year After Its Creation, Tony Evers' Office of Environmental Justice Remains a Mystery." And without getting into the details, there's a back and forth about funding and whether where where that's going to come from. But the article, to me, begs the question, and I want to talk talk about this with both of you. What is the democratic or what is our plan? What's our climate and economic opportunity plan at the state level that parallels what's happening at the federal level, right? Um, What is that Uh, in this office? To me, it's almost like a metaphor uh, because we know that whatever Evers proposed in the budget got ripped out and it's not very clear what the path forward is. Robert, I'm going to ask first for your comment. And then Priscilla, I'd like to get your comment on just both the specifics if you want about this office, right? And this is an important office. It's about environmental justice. It's actually trying to align this critical importance that there be good jobs for a lot of the folks who've been locked out of the past economy as we green our economy. Big, heady, critical stuff. And yet there appears to be not much happening, Robert.
1: Yeah, and the portfolio and the way Governor Evers talked about it—it's uh, within the area of environmental justice—is the disproportionate impact of pollution, for example, and of all kinds on already marginalized, low-income people who are more likely to be people of color. Asthma, uh, bad drinking water. Look at what at Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, everything else, lead, lead—the lead pipe issue. Uh, and the lead paint before that in Milwaukee, which is not totally gone away. And so uh, this is important. This reflects an older model. I would say Bill Clinton was a paragon of this, of making splashy announcements for political benefit that you have no uh, real intention of following through on, because it would require funding and therefore it would require actually fighting over the budget in a serious way. And also setting up issues to take the legislature back, which we can do if we get fair maps, which we may, but no issues were really set up the way the governor did this politically. And again, I want to be very clear. I am not saying that it's because the governor is a bad person or we just got unlucky who our leader is. I am saying that we have Stockholm Syndrome in Wisconsin, where we're so for the other side, we support any Democrat who's in charge. And we need to get over that because we need to hold them accountable and be organized democratically like the Teamster workers were to make it happen. So Governor Evers would be bolder on this and and and, and uh, at least make an issue of it so people know who is stopping it for the next election, which he's not doing, um, right? If we were better organized within the coalition, we who understand why this is important. But we cannot allow politicians to do ribbon cuttings, essentially, in order to burnish their poll numbers and then not be serious about what they were elected to deliver. Because the moral obligation of office holding, when you're given huge responsibility as, as a governor, responsibly as mayor, all the way down to local office, is to actually serve the people and do what you said you believed in doing, not just benefit yourself individually and politically, which too many political consultants only care about the poll numbers. Priscilla?
2: Yeah, um it, it goes into this overall frustration of why people are tired of politics, of politicians, of campaigns, because we are seeing this trend of empty promises where we all get our hopes up and we try really hard not to get our hopes up, but it's hard not to get our hopes up when something like an Office of Environmental Justice comes around uh and then We once again are disappointed. And uh, it's not that people don't understand that not everything can get passed. We're just all tired and I'll even speak just for myself to not use we, I'm tired of seeing these, these broken promises. I just wanna see something being tried. Like good, you've got the first step as you created the office. What is the office gonna do? I understand that there are a lot of Republicans pushing back against things. But I want to see you try to do something against them, uh, like Robert had just said, so we know all right, who, who is saying no to these things who do we need to really try and target and get out of office to lobby more, to flood inboxes and voicemails of. Uh, so it's just exhausting seeing these broken and empty promises
1: over and over
2: again and the excuses that come with it. Oh, I can't get this passed, but we're not seeing you try to get things passed. So that's all I wanna see is people trying to get things passed.
1: And I guarantee you Priscilla, you hit it right on the on the head. Look, that there are public consultants around Evers telling him, don't say it's not happening because then you look weak and it doesn't look like you accomplish anything. He needs to not listen to those people. And quite frankly, we need to make sure that he can't because of the counter pressure coming from organized people within the Democratic coalition.
0: Look, uh, I think there's a huge opportunity here. I'm going to be just more forward looking. And um, Evers has signaled that he wants to run for a third term Okay, I do believe there is a real opportunity to this was the first time like he even started talking about vetoes seriously around the budget. It was extraordinarily disappointing to me at the end, um, because I do believe he's got a lot more leverage and needs to use it in the process. But I think there's opportunities going forward. Um, And these are extraordinarily popular. Uh, issues particularly dealing with climate and de- dealing with it in a way that creates good jobs for a lot of the folks in our community who have been you know quite frankly in a lot of pain for uh, quite some time and so there's not there's not a lot of risk and i would i would ask the governor immediately get back on to an aggressive agenda around this, we know it's not going to pass right like voters are smart we do get what you're up against I think we'd like to see a more full throated robust approach uh, to 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 uh, some of these issues right and particularly climate and some others. And now that we're done with the budget, I think there's a real opportunity for the governor to use his bully pulpit. He is the only one elected statewide. There is going to be a whole discussion going on with this new Supreme Court around maps and power. And so there is an opportunity to have a much more empowered governor, but it's going to require us on the left to get organized and to start. And a lot of our groups need to have a, a much more unified strategy, I think, going into the budget next cycle uh, that takes into consideration that um, we have to change and help move the governor in a direction to be a bolder fighter. Um, so this is just an avenue that I think the governor absolutely has to take advantage of in terms of this climate issue going forward. And people are desperately uh, wanting to hear... More news. Well but look folks, we're gonna talk more about that. Folks you're listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. Battleground Wisconsin is supported by the good folks at WEAC Region two, protecting the rights of education employees and promoting public education in the central Wisconsin area. Learn more at WEAC.org, W E A C dot O R G. Welcome back to the Battleground, Wisconsin. We're Citizen Action, and we've been talking today about labor and then also climate, uh, two really critical, important issues. Uh, But I also want to mention, before we switch to another issue that's related to our previous discussion with the governor and the budget, We have been obviously a foremost critic of the education pieces that were signed off and agreed upon on the shared revenue deal, in particular because of its historic growth of vouchers, that combined with the lifting of caps. Well, this week we had news that, to me, it just foretells what's going to happen And that's, there's going to be a large growth of voucher schools in a number of our districts. Uh, The Ramirez Foundation, which is a very conservative, uh, religious operation, runs St. Anthony funds, founded St. Anthony's, uh, St. Augustine, excuse me, on the south side of Milwaukee, huge, over 2,000 students. I bought Cardinal Stritch, $24 million dollars. Cardinal Stritch has a capacity of up to about 7,000 students back in its heyday. So it's a huge facility. Um, We don't know. We are speculating. I will say that flat out here. I am speculating, but it seems very obvious to me that this is likely going to be a large voucher campus. And if not, it will also be, it'll be some type of compound. There will be a whole lot of things attached to it in addition to potentially being a voucher school. But I do believe that this deal gets done in part because of the budget and that there is now funding that will help make this a reality. Priscilla?
2: Yeah, it was uh, disappointing news to say the least. I mean, it's been disappointing, just the fact that Cardinal Stritch had to close and then be sold and all of these students who were enrolled there planning on going there in the fall uh, had to find new plans Uh, and it's not getting into a college is not the fastest process to, to do so that was already disappointing in the first place, and then to find out that this is who bought it. You know, they say, oh, chances are a little more than 50-50. Like, we know what's going to happen. Even if they only go through with the athletic complex part of it that they're talking about, that complex will only be open, most likely, to other voucher schools. So it's not even going to be something that all students can utilize. It's going to be oh, basically a pay to play. Uh, so it's 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 frustrating. Uh, and yeah, I think the budget did kind of pave the way for okay cool it looks like there's going to be a little more wiggle room for for vouchers and charters and we're going to we're we're setting ourselves up to see this happening more and more the second that uh any place whether it's a school like Cardinal Stritch or just a general building that they can make into a a voucher or a charter it's it's going to happen uh if we don't like we're already collectively doing what we can to strengthen public education, but even even the Ramirez's uh, quotes about MPS—that oh, we know what's wrong with MPS. We know education is life changing, uh, but we uh, need this reform because we have to provide the alternatives to public education so public education gets better. It's such a backwards way of of thinking.
1: Yeah, it's another reason that. The deal that Governor Evers cut couldn't happen, and he needed to have a budget fight that made it clear to the public rather than do what he did in education and do what he did in shared revenue. He traded off. He got a a rotten shared revenue deal in return for an even more rotten education deal, and equally rotten for Milwaukee uh, shared revenue deal. And there are two things coming together here. First of all, there is the right wing conspiracy to undermine public education is advancing, and our and our governor just helped it advance not because it was his goal, but because he refused it was necessary to stop it and then, in addition to that, we have this uh, you know decline in public education because we've made it unaffordable because we stopped making it affordable. Uh, during the same time we cut taxes for billionaires and big corporations and allowed them to move the jobs overseas and let them rig the economy and we got income inequality worse than the robber baron era and uh and much larger fortunes than than people imagine actually And so they're so big and what's happening is we public education at the college level's going to decline because we have a demographic shift where there are fewer kids and in addition, we're not increasing the percentage of people who can go to school because we made it unaffordable, and because we didn't hold universities accountable on price. So, and you have a system where there isn't a plan for non-college people to make good living wage jobs, except unions, which we need to do a lot more to legalize again, quite frankly, in this country. Um, and that, that's why we need, you know, to make a work a non-college uh, work which is critical. Also good paying jobs, but you need worker power and progressive people power to make that happen. Um, And you have this modern facility right along the highway, just north of Milwaukee, very easy access for almost the whole region. Of course, it's going to be at least in part, maybe they only use half of it. a huge voucher school and a supporter of the voucher schools paid for by us And it will be allowed to discriminate against transgender kids, against uh, kids with disabilities, anyone they should show choose with our money.
0: It it was so hard to read that story. I just, you know, I've been involved in public education fights for years, and and just the last month has been disheartening. Um, because, and I thought of Amy Mizielko, who was on the show. Just a month ago, who said right away, like, this is disastrous. You increase the rates at this level, you're throwing a lifeline, and then you got caps lifting down the road here. It is a recipe for disaster. And this tells me Ramirez has done the math and it's go time. It's very depressing uh, as someone who's um, been invested in Milwaukee Public Schools and everything. So, uh, but with that, We just have a couple minutes before we're going to be joined by our guest from OPIU Local 39, Will Roberts. But um, I want to mention, and we are going to be joined next week by our resident economist, Michael Rosen, uh, to talk about the latest Fed rate increase. I know, folks, we're getting a little pointy headed wonky, but we as progressives have got to get near knee deep into this economic policy fight because it's happening on our heads but yes another rate increase, quarter point yesterday uh this in spite of inflation by almost all measures is clearly going down we're at the lowest rates and i'll say it you know the biden the stimulus of the that that the Biden he calls it Biden economics or whatever let's just call it what it is not, not it's not Biden
1: d- Bidenomics Bidenomics
0: whatever right it's progressive you know keynesian approach that the inflation reduction act the covid money right all of that money flowing through employing building things fixing things right has helped keep this economy afloat in spite of these interest rates but uh Robert Priscilla, I want to give you each thirty seconds to a minute if you have any thoughts on it. We'll obviously go deeper next week, but uh rates are interest rates are higher,
2: yeah, interest rates are higher. I'm constantly thinking about that uh looming date in October uh when student loans are happening and interest rates that way, and it's all confusing uh but it's just all making things so much harder again for the wrong people yeah. uh. It is. It's never. Oh, let's do this like higher interest rate on the billionaires. It's let it impact the working folks, the people who are already struggling every single day. Uh, so it's never hitting the right people. Uh, that's that's my hot take. My thirty second take.
0: Yeah. Hey, no doubt. This is definitely done on the behalf these interest rate trizers on behalf of the wealthy class and banks, Robert.
1: Well, I agree on the student loan uh, repayment without any debt forgiveness. That is not the Fed or Biden. The Republicans insisted on that in the debt deal, and the right-wing Trump Supreme Court is the one that overturned uh, the forgive, give forgiveness of ten to 20000 in debt, even though it clearly was within the president's and secretary of education's authority. They are trying to work on a workaround, but on this quickly as to the rates. We've gone back and forth on this before. The reason we have to rely entirely on the Fed is because Congress doesn't do its constitutional job of responding to economic downturns. Uh, fortunately, we're in much better shape because Biden was able to get through some massive stimulus that was also critical on healthcare and climate change, etc. Um, we don't really know. I mean, this as far as other than this, this is, the, is that we have to only rely on interest rates, the problem and harms the most vulnerable people. We don't really know whether this is the thing to moderate inflation. um, And quite frankly, given that it's the only option, and given how successful so far the Fed has been in a soft landing, which most economists said was impossible that is, not getting a recession, but slowing down inflation. You know, maybe they. This is the last one, and they and they've done it perfectly. Most economists and a lot more economics is voodoo economics than just Reagan's uh, economic model uh, that is trickle down. Um, They claimed it was impossible that be a recession. They were wrong. So, uh, regrettably, we're stuck with an unelected, undemocratic institution making these decisions because our elected institutions are broken our democracy is broken and you see a fixed congress needs people to, to act and not put it on the fed to deal with economic situations like the rapid inflation that came out of yep. COVID and the resulting supply chain disruptions
0: truth is folks all of this stuff is quite frankly a reflection of um the decline of worker power the decline of labor unions the lack of uh, a robust economic sort of literacy of uh, average folks Many of us included, right? And uh, a rebuilt labor movement would be helpful in a situation like this. It might provide a different dialogue around who should we, should, the, the dual interest of what the Fed is. But, folks, We'll talk more about that in the next hour, the importance of labor. We're going to be joined by Will Roberts. He is on the bargaining committee from the True Stage or Cooney Mutual Union, which is having a big rally this Saturday in Madison. Stay tuned to hear from Will. You're listening to the Battleground Wisconsin where Citizen Action, you can find us at citizenactionwi.org. Welcome back to the Battleground, Wisconsin. Again, we're Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. Folks, uh, the white hot union summer continues on this show. We are really happy to be joined by Will Roberts. Will is on the bargaining committee with the union at True Stage or Kuna Mutual, uh, whatever is your flavor uh, to, call, <laughs> to call where Will works. Will, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Well, we're really glad you took the time to join us, and uh, we've had uh, Joe Avica on before, uh, uh, the chief steward, and Will, last time our listeners heard from you all, you were all on a two-week, about a two-week strike that was very successful in terms of putting a lot of pressure on your employer, Uh, and it sounds like Uh, You are back knee-deep in negotiations again and at a critical juncture. uh, Will, update our listeners. What is going on right now uh, with the two-stage workers union?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So yeah, during our ULP strike that we had earlier this summer, uh, we built tremendous uh, internal solidarity with uh, union members. There was tons of community support. Um, it was a real uh it was a huge success for our union then um since the strike we've been back at the negotiation table and we have been making some progress but we do need to keep the pressure on the employer um, both at the bargaining table and outside of the bargaining table right and so uh we've been able to uh, get a lot of great community support a lot of internal solidarity like i said and a big Uh, event coming up for us is this Saturday in downtown Madison. Uh, It's our March and rally for a fair contract in downtown Madison. Um, And so that's what we're kind of uh, focusing a lot of our energy on right now to keep that uh, pressure on the employer, both at the bargaining table and outside the bargaining table.
0: Well, so folks, you heard it right there. Uh, Will said it. There is a huge rally this Saturday, right? We really want to make sure you can get out 9 a.m., It's at the intersections of Dayton and State, and we're going to be marching around the Capitol. Will, I think that isn't that during uh, the uh, farmer's market? It should be packed. It should be. Oh, yes. What? uh, Oh, yeah. It's going to be a hell of a party. And our listeners need to be there. Please, please, folks, show up. Will, when you were uh, describing, you said that there was a ULP strike all of our listeners may not understand what a ULP is Explain to them what, what that means. And again, um, like what's critically at stake for y'all and what, what's the, what are the, what's the big reason, uh, you're in this fight with, uh, your employer.
3: Sure. Yeah. So the, uh, ULP of ULP strike stands for unfair labor practice. And so, um, the employer, True Stage, formerly CUNY Mutual Group, uh has been committing a number of unfair labor practices, in our opinion. And it's not just our opinion anymore. Recently the NLRB uh ruled in our favor on um some of our ULPs. And so uh it's you know, official. True stage broke the law in negotiation um in negotiations with us. Uh they violated a statute for bad faith bargaining. Um, there's there's a lot of other claims that are out, and as everyone listening probably knows, the NLRB is, uh, you know, kind of underfunded, understaffed, and so it takes a while for these rulings to come out, but uh, we've already had one in our favor, and so um, it's pretty clear to everybody who hears our story that, uh, you know, we're on the riot on this, they're breaking the law, and uh, we want what we deserve, which is just fair compensation um job security access to quality and affordable health care we want to protect our pension we want diversity and inclusion in the workplace and uh these are not unreasonable asks whatsoever that we're making of our employer and so we just need to keep the fight going for a fair contract priscilla
2: yeah i appreciate you talking about um the the support that you've received something that we talked about earlier on the podcast of that that cross solidarity that cross union uh support who who are some of the people that you've gotten support from in the community what else can we do also outside of uh saturday to just keep keep encouraging y'all what do you what what other support do you need who's supporting you
3: We've gotten so much support and honestly some of the uh, most meaningful moments that I've had during this uh, whole ordeal um, were when we were on the picket line and I would notice somebody there that I I didn't recognize in our, that was like a a member of our uh, union and I would go up to them and say hi. Um, and introduce myself, and they would say they're just they're just out there. They're just from the Madison area. They're not they don't work at CUNA Mutual or True TrueStage. Uh, they're just uh, there because they uh, support us, and that was really really heartening to see. So it um, we've we've gotten a lot of just you know enthusiastic uh, community members. We've also got support from politicians. So uh, this Saturday, Congresswoman Mark Pocan and State Senator Minority Leader Melissa Agard are both going to be speaking at a rally, among others. Uh, we've got a good lineup uh, of speakers. We'll also be hearing from, you know, workers in the union who will speak to what it's like to be uh, have gone through this grueling contract negotiation. Um, and so the kind of support that uh, members from the community have provided in the past, and they can continue to pro- provide, our, uh you know, straight up monetary donations to our uh, strike hardship fund. Um, you know, we 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 went on strike earlier and uh, we may need to go on strike again. So we've set up a GoFundMe um, for, uh, that, that would help, that would go directly to members experiencing financial hardship in the event of another strike. Um, and uh, you know, I can give, give, give links to that sort of thing later, but uh, that's a huge way uh, for people to show support. And outside of that, share it, show up to the rally, uh, all that kind of stuff is great.
0: I want to underscore what Will just said about that strike fund. I went out and interviewed and talked to a lot of workers. In fact, I talked to a worker who originally didn't go out on strike the first day and was empowered by the display of solidarity of his co-workers. He felt a certain amount of shame, but he was mostly under severe financial hardship. And you are contributions Help empower guys like that and women like that who are under real financial hardship, right? And so please, that is a wonderful way to support the workers. If you cannot be there Saturday, if you can't show up, if they, God forbid, have to go out on strike again, donate to that. We'll have a link to that strike fund, Robert.
1: And you've talked about the importance of aggregating the power of workers, but this starts with workers having power. And being organized and workers willing to risk their own livelihoods risk whether they can pay rent make the mortgage uh do what they need to do to help kids going to college and other things um that's a huge sacrifice they're making but they have to do it as you know because corporate america can inflict uh, damage on workers if you cannot damage it back you don't have bargaining leverage but that starts with organ Unions being organized, your local has a history of being a well organized local. This doesn't just happen at contract time. I want you to talk a little bit about how the workers stay organized. And when you see a group of workers unable to take this kind of action, it may be because the, the kind of organizing and unity that you need in order to pull this off isn't happening between contracts. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, absolutely. The solidarity required to pull off uh, this sort of action is uh, absolutely important. It doesn't just happen because you know a few people decide this is what we should do. It's uh, it's it, it comes from overwhelming support of the membership. Um, it comes from uh, regular organizing and engagement of membership. It's it comes from regular education and reminding uh, people and showing people what the union is there for. How the union uh fights for their benefits and secures them their uh, futures in a in in, in a really uh, important way. And so yeah, it's 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 constant it's constant solidarity that's required that uh yeah, these things don't just uh don't just happen. It it, it really is a um you know a show of force by the workers. Well Will we uh we can't say
0: enough about the leadership that a lot of the folks in your union and other unions around this state and country right now, because it's that it's that kind of leadership that this democracy needs. So, again, remind our listeners before you go, since we're getting closer to the end here, Will, uh, about Saturday, uh, give, give them the details
3: one more time. Absolutely. So we'll be hosting a march and rally for a fair contract this Saturday, July 29th at the Capitol, downtown Madison. Uh, if you want to join the march, we'll be meeting at 9 a.m. at the intersection of Dayton Street and State Street. At 9.30, we'll begin our march. And at 10, we will begin our rally at the State Capitol. There's Woo! a lot of a lot of speakers that are going to be there. It's going to be a party.
0: It, it sounds Awesome. Will, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us and and educate, talk to our listeners a bit. But uh, for your leadership, it's um, we often put way too much focus on political elected officials and not enough on um, regular leaders who lead every day. So we really appreciate you, Will. Thank you so much. With that, folks, we have to wrap up this show. Of course, of course, want to thank Will Roberts. From OPIU Local 39 at True Stage or Kuna Mutual, whatever is your flavor, your corporate flavor. Uh, and folks, we'll see you next week at the Battleground, Wisconsin.